Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. Talk about the subject of holy fear. We're talking about holy fear, and what we're really trying to say is, we're going to be talking about what is the fear of the Lord? What is the fear of the Lord? Because if you read the Bible, all throughout the Bible, you see that word fear of the Lord. And what does that look like for me and you to live in fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is not, I'm afraid of God. It's not, I'm afraid. Of, it's like, you know, it's not like coming Tuesday or, or, you know, you're thinking of, I'm afraid of Freddy Cougar or Michael Myers kind of fear. Or when someone brings a prank. No, no. The fear of the Lord is simply this. It's when me and you place high priority on God over opinions, over desires, and over thoughts of other people. When I place a priority of who God says I am and what God says over everybody else, that is when you understand that that is the fear of the Lord. That's what it is. It's not, I'm afraid of God. I'm afraid that God's going to curse me. I'm afraid that God's going to throw a spell on me. No, it's none of that. It's, Lord, I praise a high priority of you, God, over everything else. There's a lot of things in our culture that's been bringing fear. You know, we're, we're praying for Israel and, and the innocent Palestinians that are dealing with these. We're praying for the Middle East. You know, and, and we're hearing all these other things. There's things that are happening in Acapulco. I mean, so many things are bringing fear. And then we're also dealing with fear of the, the simple, you know, there are people in this room that maybe you're afraid of spiders. You know, you don't like spiders. People play pranks on you. And they put fake spiders on your desk and you freak out. Uh, there's people in this room that are afraid of clowns. You're afraid of clowns. You can't see a clown. Clown bolitas can't come to your birthday party. You know, I mean... There, there's different things that we're afraid of. Some people are afraid of the dark. They're afraid of heights. They're, they're, we deal with different fears, but can I tell you something? that Those fears do not come from the Lord. In fact, in 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul writes, he said this. He said, Timothy, I, I, I do not give you a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. That's what God gives us. God does not give us a spirit of fear. God does not give you this fear to live fearful for the rest of your life. And there is a healthy fear and there is a not healthy fear because there, yeah, we don't just jump off cliffs. We understand if I do that, I die. Yeah, we don't, you know, we don't do certain things because we understand if we do that, there's a consequence. So there is a healthy fear, but fear is not God's giving, making you scared for the rest of your life. Scared to try things, scared to open up a business, scared, you know, that does not come from God. Once again, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, he does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. That's what God gives me and you. So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the fear of the Lord. Another definition of the fear of the Lord is a, a reverence. It's an awe of God, an all-powerful God. I am in awe of God. There's a reverence there. The Bible says that this man, the man of King Solomon, after Jesus, King Solomon is one of the most, the Bible describes him as the wisest man to have ever lived. King Solomon is the one, is King David's son. King Solomon is the one that builds the temple of Jerusalem. He's also the one that writes all of Proverbs. And he also writes Ecclesiastes and Songs of Songs. These are all books in the Old Testament. 
King Solomon says this. If you have your Bibles, we're going to kick it off with this. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verse 13. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 says this. It says, Solomon writes this. He says, that the whole story here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands. For this is everyone's duty. King Solomon says, fear God and obey his commands. For this is everyone's duty. King Solomon at the end of his life, not only was he very knowledgeable and God used him to do great things, but he also made a lot of the mistakes. And he's not someone to hide his mistakes. In fact, he talks about them. But at the end of his life, he says this. He says, fear God and obey his commands for this is everyone's duty. This is everyone's duty. This is everyone's responsibility to fear the Lord. This, in this series, I'm not trying to scare the hell out of you. I'm trying to introduce, introduce heaven in you. I'm trying to introduce what God is saying in his word. Because here's the thing, church. This is really the fear of the Lord. I am afraid to not have God in my life. That's what I need to be afraid of. To live without God is what I should be afraid of. Not to be afraid of God, but to not live without, to live without him. To not have him in my life. And so here's what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is, is wisdom, it's relationships, and it's love. It's wisdom, it's relationships, and it's love. We're going to go to the book of Proverbs now. Proverbs chapter 9. We're going to go verses 9 through 11. This is King Solomon. He writes this in Proverbs 9, 9 through 11. He says, instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. Church, you have to understand something this morning as we kick this off. Is that wisdom is protection from everything that is raised up to destroy you. Wisdom from the Lord protects you from the very things that come against you. It protects you from bad decisions. It protects you. From making decisions that are to destroy your life and destroy the people that are around you. Because if we're not careful, church, and we do not have the wisdom of God in our life, the wisdom from his word, we will make decisions that don't hurt just hurt us, but they hurt everybody around us. Sometimes we'll make decisions, they hurt our kids. They hurt our brothers and sisters. They hurt our parents, if you're a young person. And the wisdom of God is to protect us from anything that rises up to destroy. It's the wisdom of God. Solomon said it's the teaching. Can you go back one more time? Verse 9. Instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. He says, teach the righteous and they will learn even more. And they will learn even more. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more more they will learn even more 
And then it goes on to say one more time. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. Solomon says this at the beginning of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. Can you put it up real quick? It says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. True knowledge isn't just what a professor told you. True knowledge is found in the word of God. And it's true knowledge that gives you the understanding on how to respond to the things of life that comes your way. True knowledge comes from his word. Jesus, thousands of years later, gives us a story. And he says that the man that obeys God's word is a man is like a man who built a house on a rock. That when the waves came and the and the winds came, the Bible says that the rock stand stood firm. That the house stood firm. He says a man that doesn't obey the word of God, the man that doesn't honor the Lord, is like a man who built his house on sand. And when the waves and the storms came, the house blew over. Saying this. That when me and you stand on the firm foundation of the word of God, it doesn't matter the storms that come. It doesn't matter what's happening around us. It doesn't even matter what's happening locally in our city. We do not get shaken by nothing. Because we stand on the rock of God. We stand on a firm foundation. Solomon said in the Old Testament, Jesus declares it in the New Testament. It is the word of God that is a firm foundation. It is the rock that we stand on. And you know what's funny? It's not just a rock. Jesus is the rock. He is the rock. He is the one person in our life that keeps a firm foundation, that keeps us solid, that keeps us still in the middle of chaos. That's why when we have the word of God in our life, and that's why when we stand on the word of God, it it, it doesn't matter what's happening. We don't react like everybody else. We We don't say things like everybody else. We keep business as usual. When everybody else is panicking, we're praising. Amen? When everybody else is getting afraid about life and what's going to happen next, no, 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 we're fine. We know who the source of our strength is. We know who our provider is. We know who the healer is. We know where peace comes from. That's the firm foundation is that we know. And it's twofold, church. It's not just me standing on the word of God. It's also me living off the finished work of Christ on the cross. That Jesus came and defeated hell, death, and the grave. So that me and you can continue forward with God has called us to do. So I have the word of God in my life and I live by the word of God and I see the results that God promises every single time. But that's what a life looks like when the fear of the Lord becomes the foundation, when the word of God becomes the foundation, when I begin to decide, I can decide today, you can decide today, this morning, 
that you can value what God says over what people say. You can value what the Lord has already said in his word over the opinions of others. Because many times, people that are, deal with fear will try to get you to deal with the same kind of fear. So they don't feel like they're the only ones feeling afraid. Many times, people want you to feel what they feel because they don't want to feel like they're the only ones going through it. But your responsibility is to not go with what everybody says. It's to live with what God has already said in his word. And that is true wisdom. That is true wisdom, church. Wisdom, the Bible says, will add years, and King Solomon said it, wisdom will add years to your life. Because without wisdom, church, without the wisdom of God, it robs years of our life. Before you know it, 10, 20 years pass, and you look back at your life, and it is robbing you. You feel like, man, I've lost some years. I feel like life, I didn't do anything with it. And that's where a lack of wisdom comes. When you feel like, man, I just feel like I, I like, my life is just flown by and I haven't done anything with the life that God gave me. That is why the fear of the Lord, it brings wisdom. And if you just got into the room, fear of the Lord is I'm, it's not about being afraid of God. Like you're afraid of Michael Myers. It's not being afraid of God. I'm not afraid of God. In fact, the fear of the Lord is, man, I, I, Lord, I love God and I honor him. And what he says is very important. It's more important than what I, even what I think sometimes and what I feel. Too many people live their life by what they feel instead of what they know. So they make decisions based on, well, I felt like this. And I thought like this. A lot of times people do that. They, they make decisions like that. And sometimes the Holy Spirit gives you a conviction and he gives you that feeling of, okay, you know what? Yeah, I can't do this. I shouldn't do this. Sometimes that, that is true. But other times, if we're not careful and we don't have wisdom from God, we'll make decisions out of impulse. Like I felt it in the moment to do it. And just because you felt at church doesn't mean it's right. We have to understand that. Just because you felt it doesn't mean it's right. The wisdom of God, the word of God, has stood through the test of time. You have to understand, church, this Bible that you read every single day has stood the test of time for thousands of years. Has stood through wars, through famine, through death, has stood through it all, and it still stands today. Still stands today, church. I'm not trying to, so I'm not reading a book that some guy wrote two years ago. And he, he, and he is the New York Times bestseller. Just so you know, just because it's New York Times bestseller doesn't mean it's the greatest book on the planet. Just want to let you know that. It stood the test of time. So the fear of the Lord is wisdom, and the fear of the Lord is relationship. Wisdom, and number two, relationship. 
You have to understand something, church. You cannot have intimacy with someone you fear. You can't. In your marriage, you can't have intimacy with your husband or your wife if you're afraid of them. Because then it's like, I'm only living and serving you out of fear because I'm afraid of you. As a parent, we understand, and sometimes we try our best, but our relationship with our kids can't be based out of fear. No, it's because my dad's going to kill me if I do this. How many times have we said that growing up? He's going to kill me. And it's the same thing with God. Sometimes we translate our relationships to God, and we, and we treat God the same way. Like, man, God, I, I'm serving you because I'm, afra- I'm afraid, God. God, it's because I don't want you to, to, to curse this business. I don't, God, I'm, I'm here because, man, I don't, I don't want to burn in, in hell. I know what I did last night, but I'm just here so you can cover me. No. And we live this relation with God where it's not even out of love. It's based out of fear. In fact, there's an example in the Bible. If you go to Exodus uh, chapter 19, verses 3 and 4. The guys can put it up there. Exodus chapter 19, verse 3 and 4 says this. It says, then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord, got, the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. I want to stop there for a second. Anytime that God delivers you from something, it's to bring you back to him. In other words, he is your source. When God delivers you, when when God sets you free... It's not so that you could be afraid. It's so that you could be close. It's not so that you could be distant from God. It's so that you can get as close as you can to him because he is your source of strength. He is your source of protection. He is your source of wisdom. He is your provider. You begin to look at God in that manner. Not, oh, God is the one that curses me. God is the one that's coming against me. God's the oppressor. That is not God. In fact, God is the total opposite. He is the total opposite of that. Anytime you deal with fear and depression and anxiety and all these things, it's not God sending that to you. God is the opposite of that. Too many people have a twisted mind to think, oh, God brought this sickness on me so that I could believe him better. God doesn't do that. He doesn't send sicknesses to you so that you can build your faith. He doesn't send sickness to you That's not the character of God. God is the opposite. God came and sent his son so that he could heal you. The Bible doesn't say Jesus came in Matthew Matthew 4.23 and he came and he, he brought sicknesses to some and he healed others. No, the Bible says he came and he healed them all. He healed them all. He healed them all. But if we don't have a proper relationship and a proper fear of the Lord, 
We will think and we will be afraid anytime God comes close. We'll be afraid. And that's what happened to the, to the, to the Israelites. Exodus 20, 20. Let me just show you real quick. Verse 19, God says, God tells Moses, go to the people, but this is their reaction. Moses tells them, don't be afraid, Moses answered them, for God has come in this way to test you so that you can, so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. The fear of the Lord is not to make you afraid of him. It's to keep you from sinning. I was telling our people on Tuesday, that same verse. It's to keep you from sinning. To keep you from sinning. God comes into your life to stop you in your tracks. Because before God, you did all your decisions. You are the God of your life. You are the one making the decisions. And God had no part of it. And as a result, a lot of problems came. A lot of issues came. But when God comes into your life, you begin to realize, oh my gosh, I've been doing this wrong the whole time. There's some things I need to cut out and change so that I can live a better life. Not so that I can live a worse life, but a better life. People that are afraid of God have something to hide. Look at the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve. What happens when they disobey the Lord? What's the first thing they do? They hide. The Bible says they hid. And the Bible says that Jesus, that God began to walk and he's, call, he's calling out to them and they're like, Lord, we hid because we were naked. And God says, who told you you were naked? Because at that time, fa- there was no such thing as fashion. You were just naked and that was a fashion. I thought you would laugh about that, but it's okay. You're like, oh my gosh, naked. Yes, that was the fashion of the day. But then because they disobeyed the word of the Lord, they hid. And from that time on, we have a tendency to hide from God things that we do. We do it all the time. We hide from our parents when we do something wrong. We, we do it all the time. And it's a tendency, a human nature, it's a tendency to hide. People that fear God will always need to hide, feel the need to hide. But when you have the fear of the Lord, where he is your highest priority, and you love him, and there's an honor, I got nothing to hide. In fact, God, here's my issue. Help me. There is a difference, church. When, I, when, I, when I'm afraid of God, I'll hide the issue. And I'll pretend like nothing's wrong. And I won't call my brothers and sisters in Christ to help me. I'll just hide it. But when I have the fear of the Lord, here's God, here's my open hand. Lord, help me. I messed up. I need your help. Here it is. Because you understand that when you present things to the Lord, the Lord is going to come out of love for you and help you in that moment. The Bible describes it like this. He is an ever-present help in our times of need. He is an ever-present help. And so our relationship with God 
must change from, God, I love you and I'm serving you because I'm afraid of you and I don't want to get punished to, God, I'm loving and I'm serving you because, man, you're everything to me. I value God, you, God, and what you say over the people in my workplace, over the people in my school, over my, even family members that don't know you. I value what you say over what they think. And that's the type of relationship that God is looking for, where we place high priority of God over opinions, thoughts, and desires of men. All throughout the Bible, you have to understand something. The fear of the Lord was something to be desired. Des- desired. It was the desiring of someone's heart to fear the Lord. Only us in our human context are the only ones that don't desire to fear the Lord. Not because... We hate God is because maybe we've never understood what the fear of the Lord is. You thought you had to live afraid of God so that God doesn't do something bad to you. And maybe religion growing up taught you that. That you do these things because God will punish you if you don't. Does God, is God just? He is very just. But not in the way that you make it seem in your mind. Are there consequences in disobedience? Of course. Of course there is. There's consequences. You, you can put the Bible aside and not add the Bible to this. There's consequences when you put your hand on, the, on a hot stove. You get burned. There's consequences when you pass a red light and the cop sees you. Or the motorcycle cops. The most anno- uh, never mind. I'm going to stop it. There's a motorcycle cop. I'm not going to say anything. They're going to look for me tomorrow on Del Mar. There's consequences. There's also spiritual consequences. But we live in relation with God because we love him and we desire to fear the Lord. We desire to live in reverence and awe of an all-powerful God. We understand who he is. We know what he can do. That's why when we pray and we put our faith in God, We sometimes need to declare who God is before the situation that we're about to pray about. Because you have to get in tune and you have to remind yourself, man, God is a lot bigger than the problem I'm dealing with right now. God is a lot bigger than this money issue. If God did it then, he can still do it now. The Bible says he does not change. Today, yesterday, today, and forevermore, he is the same God. The same God, church. And he is the same God for your life today. Whatever you came in with today that you need to release to the Lord, he is the same God that is powerful enough to fix the situation. He's the same God. He doesn't pick and choose. The Bible says he does, not, he does not show favoritism. He doesn't show favoritism. He is the same God. Last one is this, is love. Fear of the Lord is wisdom, it is relationship, and it is love. We're going to end it with this. First John, chapter 4, verses 18 through 19. Actually, 18 through 20. We'll stop at 20. First John, chapter 4, verses 18 through 20 says this. Such love has no fear. 
Because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For we do not love people we can see. How can we love God whom we cannot see? Let's go back. Verse 18. One more time. I need you to get this in your spirit today. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other. And then he goes on to say, we love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? Church, in the Old Testament, like we read, we see that wisdom, the Old Testament, can give us years, can add years to our life. But here's something. In the Old Testament, me and you did not have a way to God until God sends his son. And when God sends Jesus into our life, we find what love is. We find that it is Jesus' wisdom personified. And it no longer becomes just years. It becomes a lifestyle. God is love. He is the definition. The Bible says perfect love, which is God, expels all fear. I love what Paul says about Jesus. Go to 1 Corinthians one thirty, real quick for them. It says this. Look what it says. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Jesus is wisdom personified. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and he freed us from sin. When you accepted Jesus, God has united you with Christ. He says, for our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. And then Christ made us right with God. He has made us pure and holy. He freed us from sin. Jesus came, died, rose again to redeem me and you. But also so that me and you can live a life like Paul describes it in Christ, united with him. There are things that you can do in Christ that you couldn't do before. But because you've accepted Christ in your life, you are now united with him. When there is a division between you and God, that is where chaos enters. That is where fear comes. That is where strongholds happen. 
That's where addictions lay, have a place in your life. When there is a division, when you are no longer united with Christ. But when you are united with him, in him, that is where freedom comes. In him, that's where healing comes. In him and through him, you are able to overcome anything that comes your way. And there is victory for your life. Without Christ, your years are all about you. All about what you can do, what you can make out of your life. And it becomes just about you without Christ. But when Christ comes into your life, you realize that your years carry purpose, church. That your years, you're no longer slaving away and making everything about you, but now you're realizing that your years are about you and the people around you. In Christ, you don't need 50 more years. You just need five minutes. And the love of God not only expels fear from your life and proper fear of the Lord builds something in you, but it also produces a purpose with your life. You don't need the stage to make an impact. You just need five minutes with the person that you work with. You just need a phone call, a text. This life that we live for God, it yes, it is about me and God, but it's also about the neighbor. People that are in close proximity to you. It's not just like, a lot of times we think when God talks about our neighbor that we think it's like the physical person that lives next door. Yes, that is your neighbor, but it's also it's anyone that is in proximity of your life. Coworkers, classmates. people that you work out with at the gym, whatever you do. People that are in close proximity, God has put them there. And if they don't know Jesus, you are there to show them Jesus. Because you're united with Christ and you have the wisdom of God already there, then all you got to do is then say, God, use me. The fear of the Lord is honoring him. Yes. And in honoring God, it's also making sure that my brothers and sisters have a place in heaven when the time comes for them. So there is purpose for every single person in this room. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't even matter if you retired. You still got years on you. Church, you have to understand something. That the fear of the Lord and the love of God go hand in hand. It's not either or. It's not either or. They go hand in hand today. You have to understand during a lot of what was happening with, in the Roman Empire in the New Testament, the Romans brought a culture that was counter to what God was trying to do and what Jesus was preaching and teaching. So many people lived life worshiping, if you study 
mythology, worshiping other gods. And these gods are many times in their eyes were fickle. They were very emotional. And many times the people that were living to serve other gods, that were carved images, lived in fear. They lived in fear. Because in their mind, they're like, we don't want to disobey this God because then this God is going to go do this to my family. So when Jesus comes into the picture during the Roman Empire, he shows them a true God. He shows them that we serve a God that's not fickle, he's faithful. We serve a God that's not hostile, he's loving. We don't serve a God that's very emotional. In fact, he's, he's the opposite. He's a sustaining person in our life. It's not emotional. He doesn't love you one day and hate you the next. He doesn't bless you one day and curse you the next. So Jesus and then Paul and the disciples, are, they come and they bring the good news of Jesus and the good news of Christ and the good news of for their people because the people were living in a fear of other gods and they were living in fear of the Roman government. They were, they were afraid, church. They didn't have the fear of the Lord. And so when Jesus comes and he begins to show and teach and he begins to heal and he begins to do all these things and then Acts chapter 2 we see the Holy Spirit come and it spreads like wildfire and the disciples begin to teach and then Paul all these people you begin to see the change happen as you read the book as you read the stories you begin to see what the power of God can do in someone's life church And it all stems from a foundation of the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. We can't do anything without Jesus, church. Without Christ, church, we can't. But I thank God that he's present today. He hasn't shied away, amen. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.